Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thankful, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are grateful tonight for making way for us to be here. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be released to teach us, minister to our hearts tonight. I avail myself as a vessel, Lord. Just use me, use me to touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for the Lord and take your seats and turn your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to conclude the message that I started sharing with you last week on sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Were you in church last week? We want to continue with our message on sound doctrine. Second Timothy chapter 4 and chapter 2. Chapter 4, I said. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. 4 and verse 1. Second Timothy 4 and verse 1. Wonderful. It says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reproof, rebuke, exalt all long suffering, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. Hallelujah. The Bible is teaching us, it says, we must preach the word. He says, the reason why we must preach the word is because the judge, go to verse 1, the judge, Jesus Christ. He says, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead? The Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing. So there is an appearing coming. Jesus will appear. And he will judge the quick and the dead. He will judge everyone that is alive and everyone that has died. So whether you are alive or you are dead at that time, you will rise up before the judge to be judged. And we are saying that this is something that the church should focus on. But the church of Christ now has deviated. The church of Christ has focused on so many other things. Do you understand? The church of God is now focused on so many other things that we lose focus on the fact that judgment awaits us. That when we are coming to church on Sunday, what is on our minds is not that there will be judgment. If we are not coming to church, what is on our mind is not about judgment. As we will come. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, and the church has focused on so many other things such that the real reason for the church is now lost completely. And it has made it a mainstream that most churches are now not all about... You don't hear about judgment in church. You don't hear about heaven and about hell. You don't hear about salvation in church. And last week we were saying that any church also which is focused on this does not become a popular church. People do not like to hear about these things. People don't like to hear about salvation and about judgment and about heaven and about hell. People do not even like to hear about the fact that we will die. You see? But there's one thing that we can all guarantee that we will all experience. There is no guarantee that we will all finish school. There is no guarantee that we will all have careers. We can't guarantee that we will all get married. Young ladies and young men. There is no guarantee that you will be married. Who is to tell that you will get married before Jesus comes? You see, we can't guarantee that any one of us will get married. We cannot guarantee that we will have children, we will go to school, we will do all kinds of things. We can't guarantee that. Even the ones who are in school who are hoping to graduate, there is no guarantee that you will graduate. But what we can guarantee is that we will die. What we can guarantee is what is in the Bible. And what is in the Bible is that there is an appearing of Jesus Christ coming. And when he comes, he will judge the quick and the dead. Salome, this is not something that we entertain. This is not something that as we are going to bed, it's on our minds. But it must be on our minds. It must be on our minds. When we are leaving our homes and we are going to work, it's not on our minds. Amen. Amen. So he says, because of this fact, because of this, he says, preach the word. Say, preach the word. Say, preach the word. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season. Out of season. Be instant. Be ready. When it's seasonal, be ready. When it's cold, be ready to preach the word. When it's unfavorable, when it's a rainy day, be ready to preach the word. Be ready to share the word. And out of season, reproof, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. The pastor ought to rebuke, the pastor ought to reproof with your mind on the fact that there is judgment coming. Do you understand? That there is judgment coming. For that rebuke, look at their lives, rebuke. Preach to rebuke. So when I'm preaching and you are feeling rebuked, don't be angry with me. And then I can exhort you when you are doing well also. Such as those of you who come to church on weekday service. Don't I exhort you? Don't I say you are wise people? Don't I say you are very close to God and that you have taken your work with God seriously and at a certain level 
Exhort when they need to be exhorted. But I will rebuke you when you need to be rebuked. With all long suffering and doctrine. And the next verse, it says, For the time will come, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You see, you people in this church, you, you hear about these messages all the time. And so it becomes something that you are used to. But other people don't hear about these things. People don't go to church and they are worried. They come back thinking about need for souls, need for salvation, need to be conscious of judgment, to be conscious of hell and about heaven. You see, when pastors talk about these things, they, don't, they are not popular pastors. Do you understand? He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The message about the gospel is sound doctrine. The pastor's rebuking you to live righteous life is sound doctrine. He says, but after their own last, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That means that a lot of people like to go to places where they will hear what they like to hear. People attend churches where they will hear what they want to hear. Do you understand? But the pastor's duty, Abina, is not to preach what you want to hear. The pastor's work is not to preach what will excite you. So, whether you are praising, whether you, it's in season, out of season, whether it is exciting message, or it, as long as it's about the gospel, preach the word. Preach the word. Whether they like it or not. Do you understand? So it says, because there is a time coming, which is now. Now, sound doctrine is not a common, it's not something that Christian, you see, sound doctrine is not pleasant. The sound doctrine is not pleasant. Otherwise, the scripture will not say endure. Endure sound doctrine. So if you come to church and it's about hell and about heaven and about salvation, you, it's, 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 you need endurance. Do you understand? You need endurance. It is not heaven or hell. You see, you are, it's not exciting. It's not exciting to hear, wow, judgment. I can't wait for the. It brings fear that would I stand if, when the Lord comes? So, sound doctrine is not, hey. Do you understand? It's not exciting. It needs endurance. It needs endurance. It means that as you are coming again, it's going to be heavy still. And it will be heavy. It says, but after their own last, it is the last of men that makes them want to hear what they want to hear. So after their own last, would they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That means that they will go to preachers who preach the things that they like to hear. The thing that the people like to hear is that it is well. It's going to be well with you. You will live and you will not die. Promotion is coming your way. Receive promotion. One, receive it one. Receive it two. I receive it. I receive it. You see. Then you are excited. That is, then they say the church was sweet. Now if I preach about judgment and heaven and hell, would you say the church was, today church was so sweet? 
that requires endurance. You see, is it very difficult to eat ice cream? Do you endure eating ice cream? By even, even drinking water, some of you, it's endurance. Drinking water is endurance. Do you understand? But eating ice cream, is it endurance? Is it suffering to eat ice cream? So the things that, are, that we endure, they are not hard. They are not difficult. They are not sour. They are not bitter. It does not cause discomfort. The next verse. It says, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into, onto fables. The people will turn their ears from the truth about heaven and about hell and that Christ is coming, you know, give your life to Jesus. People will turn their heads from that truth, their ears from that truth. And then, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to preach the word. We have to preach the word. When you turn your TV on, it is unlikely to hear a preacher talking about judgment. If you are a preacher and every time you come, they give you a chance on the TV and you come and talk about judgment and salvation and heaven and hell, they will not bring you again. True or not true? Is that the message that you hear every time you turn your TV on? Preachers who preach about that, they are not on TV. They are not popular. You don't see a large gathering listening to them. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Sound doctrine. We're talking about sound doctrine. So he says, we must rebuke. We must rebuke. If the people are living in sin, rebuke them. They have to turn back to the truth. And don't be tired of hearing these things. Do not be tired of hearing these things. Do not be tired that, you know, the pastor is preaching about fornication. Will fornication make you stand before Christ and be judged rightful? Will they stand? We read a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So be not deceived. Be not deceived. The fact that it's not preached about, it's not talked about, doesn't mean that it is okay. It says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Do you know abusers of themselves with mankind? You see, if a church is preaching even against Look at another, another verse. You see what, what that means. Give us any version. It says, don't you realize that those who do wrong with will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or who commit adultery or are male prostitutes. 
Hey! <laughs> Male prostitutes in the church. Or practice homosexuality. Man with man. Woman with woman. You say, I am tired of men. I am tired of women. Now you are going, such people, they say they have no no part in the kingdom of heaven. You will not go to heaven. So it is my duty to preach these things to you. Look, hold on to that scripture. There's another scripture in 1 Timothy. 2 Timothy, is it? I believe it's, no, 1 Timothy, I believe 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. It says, take heed unto thyself. That is the preacher. This was, Paul was writing to Timothy. He says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. The doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. The preacher and the hearers. If we don't stick to the doctrine, we will both not save ourselves. I will not save myself and you who are hearing me. Hallelujah. So go back to that scripture. So I must preach about these things. Because, you see, these things, they are not written to people who do not know God. These are written for people who are reading the Bible. Who, who are the people who are reading the Bible? Christians. Christians. And the scripture is warning Christians that it says that don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Isn't that serious? So wouldn't it be wrong for the pastor not to preach about these things? That you would think that greedy people will go to heaven. Greedy. You see, you will not, you will not take it seriously if the pastor does not point it out to you. Perhaps even you will read it in the scriptures and then just, oh, greedy. And you don't think you are greedy. Do you understand? He says, we don't have part in the kingdom of God. The next one, he says, some of you were once like that. Oh. Once, before. Oh. Why are they? That means all the things that we listed before. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, thieves, thieves, Cheaters, prostitutes, male prostitutes, male prostitutes. Who else? Homosexuals, homosexuals. Some of you, girls sleeping with girls, boys sleeping with boys. They have no part. Go back. He said, "Are thieves, greedy people, greedy, drunkards." Some of you were drunkards. Drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. You cheat people. You see, 
you do all kinds of things to people. The Bible says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, you will think it's likely. You think you are a Christian, you come to church, you pay your tithe, you give offerings, you do your quiet time, but you are cheating people. You cheat your employers. I mean, cheating people is cheating people. So you cheat your employers. You cheat your wife. The Bible says you have no part in the kingdom of heaven. And then the next verse. It says, some of you were once like that. All the things that you mentioned. You were, but you were cleansed. Amen. You were cleansed. You were made holy. Amen. You were made right with God. Amen. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our Lord. We should not lose sight of this. That is how you were made holy. That is how you were made righteous. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God, you were made righteous. You should not be the same. Your life should not remain the same. You should not continue in the same lifestyle. Amen. Then he says, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I am not become a slave to anything. It, we not, we, we, you see, there are certain things that are right, but we, as a Christian, you, it is legal to do... It, is it not legal? If you smoke cigarettes, would they put you in jail? If you drink alcohol, would they put you in jail? They will not put you in jail. But the fact that it's legal... Does it mean that the Christian who has now become righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ should do it? Do you understand? Will anybody put you in jail if you are not married and you have sex with someone? Do they, will they arrest you? There's no law that is against that. So the fact that it's lawful doesn't mean that you can do it. As a Christian. Amen. Amen. And he says, some of you were once like that. Once a, a time, once upon a time, you were like that. Amen. He says, some of you were once like that. The next verse, what does he say? Say, for you say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. The next verse, go to the next verse. Verse 14. And God will raise up from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. The next verse. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? You see, we must realize that. At any time, we must be conscious of that. Whatever we are doing with our bodies, we must be aware that it is a part of Christ. Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Eh? But there is a part of the body that a man can take and join it to a prostitute. That part. (laughs) You see, not being conscious of the fact that that also is part of Christ. Not conscious of that. That is part of Christ. He likes that part also. And that part also should conform to the body of Christ. You see? And you will think that these things are... He says, 
should, he said, should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ. Now, this part that we are talking about is not just a man. A woman also, because the Bible does. Should a woman also take her body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a male prostitute? Because there are some males that are going around also. You see, before when we talk about prostitutes, everybody thought that only women are prostitutes. Do you understand? Any form of exchange of sex for something is prostitution. Do you understand? Yes, yeah, so there are male prostitutes. And then the Bible says, never. We should not do that. Never. Then he says, and don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says, the two are united into one. You see? But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly, no other sin so clearly, so clearly affects the body as this one. This particular sin. It affects the body. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Now, if you go to church and every day they are talking about this, it's, you know, you need some endurance if you are living in that life. Do you understand? You need some endurance. And that is why the following week, some people don't come. Because they cannot endure. Because I said, well, I was going to continue this message. And they thought we were done with this scripture. The next verse. It says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. That is something you have to be aware of. That you don't belong, your body parts, that, or every part of it does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. So he says, for God bought you with a high price. If you are born again, you've been bought with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Hallelujah. Go to Romans. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Sound doctrine. I'm talking about sound doctrine. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I'm talking to us, Christians. This is not written for unbelievers. He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound, that we are believing in the grace of God? So, oh, we lie here. Oh, we do this. We cheat here. We steal here. We do this. We do this because we will ask for forgiveness. And so, shall we, based on that, continue in sin? Shall we? He said, God forbid. He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Listen. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How is it that we who are dead to sin should live again in sin? We buried sin with ourselves when we received Jesus Christ. We buried sin. We were, sin was dead. 
as far as our lives are concerned. And he says, how shall we that are dead to sin? That means that, you see, when we say that something is dead, something is dead, it means that nothing, it cannot raise you up. Sin has no effect. In, there's no life as far as sin is concerned. When sin comes, it's like dead power. Do you understand? There is, sin has no power to connect. You are dead to sin. That means your body does not connect to sin. Do you understand? It's like you are neutral to sin. Sin, sin cannot connect to you. So he said, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We can't. We are dead to sin. How is it possible that we are, sin has, is alive again in us? The next verse, he says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? That is what we did. So he says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. We shall walk in newness of life. We are dead to sin. We shall also rise up in newness of life. That is what's supposed to be of us as Christians. That we are walking in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We shall be. Then the next verse says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. From now on, my brother, what's your name? Junior. If we are born again, we have received Christ, henceforth we should not serve sin. Sin is served. Junior. Sin is served. Johnson, do you understand the word of God? Sin is served. We should not serve sin. So he says, verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. When we give our life to Christ, what is expected in us is we are free from sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if we, we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Okay. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. And sin should not have dominion over you. Amen. Do you understand? Knowing that Christ, he says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. He will not die again. So also, I think the next verse, let's see the next verse. He says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lived, he lived unto God. Likewise, likewise, reckon. That means likewise, be aware. Are you following the scriptures? Likewise, reckon, be aware, be conscious of this. Ye also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin. To be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our God. Be alive. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Now, if somebody says, let not sin reign in your mortal body, that means you have control over it. 
So as a Christian, there is nothing like I can't control it. There is nothing like I can't stop. I can't stop this sin. I'm addicted to this. There should be nothing like that. Then you are not born again. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the last thereof. And in the last thereof is why we obey sin. So, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. <laughs> neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. That means now be aware, be conscious. Your members are, are your, no, I'm not talking about church members. <laughs> <laughs> members of your body, thank you. I've been at UC. Neither yield ye your members. Are you following the scripture? You follow with me. Come with me. It says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. That means that we can use our members as instruments. If the enemy wants to use instruments, your members, the part of your body, as instruments of sin, he will come for certain parts of your body. Do you understand? So you are, you, you, are, you, you are there, the enemy can come for your mouth. And use your mouth as an instrument of unrighteousness. And be a gossiper. And be talking about things, be discouraging people. Someone is doing something in a church, the enemy can use your mouth to discourage that person. The enemy can use your mouth to take away somebody's hope. The enemy can use your mouth, the enemy can use your mouth now as a born again Christian to say there is no God. Today I was talking to someone. Now the people, they listen to the messages. But say, preach the word. And then I'm sharing something with him. He says, you see, I know all these things. I can quote these scriptures. I can quote this. I can quote this. I can quote. I said, but now you know them, but you are being used. The enemy is using you because you are telling me that there is no God. And if there is God, why is it this? If you, got, you see, the enemy, you have availed your member, the part of your member now, as an instrument of unrighteousness. You see, so your mouth now has been turned to an instrument of unrighteousness. You are a woman and then the enemy has taken a part of your body and is using it as an instrument of righteousness, bringing people down. Making people backsliding. And you are a man and then you are causing all kinds of women not to go to heaven. Missing heaven. Because you are using a part of your, your member, another member of your body part. You see, so he says, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So now that you are born again, whereas you were this, now that you are born again, let your mouth now preach, for instance. Let your mouth now talk about salvation. Do you understand? Some of you, you use your body parts to you allow the enemy to use your body parts as instruments to distract people. 
Do you understand? Instead of your hand that used to steal, use it to give tracts. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm... You see, instead of your mind, some of you, you have mind, wicked minds. Do you understand? Wicked minds that devise all kinds of wicked ideas. Use that now to bring righteous ideas, ideas unto righteousness, unto God. Some of you are very smart, but you are very wicked. You see, so he says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Say, sin shall not have dominion over me. Say, sin shall not have dominion over me. He said, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. The next verse, he says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey? Let me explain that to you. He says, whomever you yield yourself. He says, don't you know that to whom you yield yourselves as servants to obey, his servants ye are. You will become his servant. So if you yield yourself as servants to sin, you become the servant to sin. If you yield yourself. That means you have control not to yield yourself. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You choose. You choose. But every sin, it leads to death. I'm telling you. Every sin, its end, its goal is death. If you allow it to go on, it is ending to death. Every sin. That is the end of every sin. It is leading to death. So he says, but God be thanked. That ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, or which delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye become servants of righteousness. You have to become a servant of righteousness. Hallelujah. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now listen to this. He says, as he's talking now, because of the infirmity of the flesh. Because you see, you understand things when it comes to the flesh. You see, when we speak about spiritual things, you see, all the things that I was reading, some of you are lost, you don't even understand. But he says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Because of the weakness of your flesh. I speak. So now hear this analogies. He says, for as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, to iniquity, unto iniquity, as you were yielding your members, you see, before you were born again, this is what you were doing. You were yielding, and I'm talking, when I say members, I'm talking about your body parts. Your eyes and your mouth and your ears, your legs, your hands, your other parts that we can, for righteous sake and for all decency's sake, we can't even... Say, do you understand? It says the Bible says, as you were, as he, for as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and unto iniquity, unto iniquity. That's what you were doing. That is what you were doing every Friday evening. Iniquity upon iniquity. 
So as you were using your body members, yielding them to all uncleanness and all from sin to sin, even so now, now that you are born again, even so now, yield your members as servants to righteousness unto holiness. Yield them the same body parts. Now let them be from righteousness unto, let them be servants to righteousness unto righteousness. Do you understand? So, whereas before, you could wrap girls. You know? You could wrap them. And then, you, they, they are following you. They are following you. Do you understand? You, and then you used to brag and you say, unless I don't talk to you, you can challenge a girl and say, listen, if you give me the time of the day and I talk to you, follow me. And then the girl will say, me never. You say, you say look, I say you follow, and then you know that you can, and if you allow and you talk, you follow him. You see, whereas you used to have that skill, and you were using it and as unto iniquity upon iniquity, now let it be unto righteousness, unto holiness. Use the same map, that skill of rapping. Let it use that rapping and wrap the girls to church. You see, it's a win-win situation. You, because you are saying, I miss the way I used to rap. Do you understand? When I was in the world, I used to rap the girls. And they were following me like that. The Bible is saying, use the same rapping. Now rap them and bring them to church from holiness. Righteousness unto holiness. <laughs> you see, some of you have history. Do you understand? And sometimes you talk about it. You say, you don't know what we have done before. <laughs> you see, you say, you, you don't know. It is today oh, that we have slowed down like that. Pick up again. Pick up that skill. That skill of rapping. Rapping. Rap the girls. Bring them to church. Now it should be that. Look, if you give me the time of the day and I talk to you, by the time I'm done, you follow me to church. Instead of, by the time I'm done, you follow me to my bedroom, you will follow me to church. That is what the scripture is saying. Do you understand? That is what the scripture is saying. Amen. That is why I was saying, instead of using your hand now to steal, instead of using your hand to squeeze other things, squeezing ladies' breasts, and stuff, you have an ability to squeeze. Do you understand? Use the same hand. Welcome people. Stand at the gate. Welcome people to church. Do you understand? Because you used to brag. You say, only thing I need to do is shake your hand. If I shake your hand like this, that's all. You follow me. Now use your hand. Shake them nicely. Squeeze the hand. Instead of squeezing other things. Give them firm handshake. You are welcome to the house of God. You see, we are reading the Bible. It says, use it from holiness unto holiness. From holiness unto holiness. Use the hand. Use the hand. Amen. You see, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, you don't understand the scriptures. 
He says, use, instead of yielding your body parts, yield, yielding them, yielding them into all unrighteousness, from unrighteousness to unrighteousness, doing all kinds of things. Some of you, ladies, you have very nice voice. Do you understand? You open your mouth and the men, they are all cool. Do you understand? You can use that same skill. Effective evangelism. Some of you, when you stand, five men, they will all stand. They will follow you. Let them follow you. Bring them to church. Yes. Oh, some of you ladies, you see, when you were in the world, you see the men follow you like this. And then you say, oh, this one I do one. That one I do one. This one, instead of I've done this one, I've gone with this one, I've gone with this one. Let them all follow you to church. Let them follow you to church. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, this is what we're supposed to do. The next verse, go, the next verse. Is there another one? For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. Do you understand? When you were servants of sin, righteousness had nothing, no power in your life. Isn't that so? When you were servants of sin, you know, church Sunday, you know, people are waking up early, you were drunk on Saturday night and you were sleeping on Sunday morning. The righteousness of waking up, you know, that burden of waking up, dressing up and coming to church, it had, no, it had nothing to do with you. Isn't that so? He says, when ye were the servants of sin, when you were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. <laughs> you were free from going to church and offering and fasting. You could eat all you want. Fasting and all these things, righteousness, reading the Bible, it was not a problem for you. It was not something that was troubling you. Now, the next verse, it says, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed of? Aren't you ashamed of prostitution when you were a fornicator? Aren't you ashamed of being then a, pro, a, a, a fornicator and a thief? He says, what fruit did you gain from that? For the end of those things is death. So he says, but now being made free from sin and become servant to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You see? So when you were members, when you were servant to sin, when you were servant to sin, and go back to that scripture, verse 20. Go back, go back. The people don't like that. He said, for when you were the servant of sin, you were free from righteousness. So when you become servant of righteousness, you must be free from sin. You must be free from sin. So, these sins, they don't... Is, is it, I mean, is cigarette smoking a problem for you? That you don't smoke cigarettes, it bothers you so much, does it? Not drinking alcohol, is it such a problem for you? Oh, I don't know why you are not answering the question that I'm asking. You see? So, you see, for you now being a servant of righteousness, look at you. Tuesday evening, you are sitting in church. Do you understand? Saturday, we are going on evangelism. You are on evangelism. 
Whereas you were a servant of sin. You see, so he says, the next, he says, what fruit had ye then in those things? But, but now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruits unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Hallelujah. Amen. Then he says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You see, this, we don't like these type of messages. They are not popular. The, 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 the pure doctrine, the sound doctrine, they are not popular. And so last week I was sharing a scripture with you in First Kings. Let me just read that to you and then we will go and take our exams. First Kings chapter 22. I'm talking about sound doctrine. Do you understand? Sound doctrine. So we were reading a scripture and it says, and they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. Three years, there's no war. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. So the king of Judah came to visit the king of Israel, and for three years, I mean, in their whole area, there's no war. They are in peace. And then the king of Israel said to the king of Judah, he says, do you know that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and the Syrians have taken it, and we are just sitting there and watching them? We should do something about it. So the next verse, he says, and he said unto Jehoshaphat, would thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art. My people as thy people. My horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Enquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. You see? So they are just chatting, and suddenly war has come in. The king wants to go to war. So the king of Judah said to the king of Israel, Let's not just get up and go to war. Let's find out from God first. Let's see what God says. I'm talking about sound doctrine. Let's see what God says. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together. You see, they want to hear what the Lord says. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go, to, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle? Or shall I forbear? That means, should I go to war or I should not? And then immediately, you see, be careful, eh? Be careful. You see, some of you, you like prophecy. And you like, you know, you just come and then tell me something. Tell me something. And then they will tell you something. They have to. You see? Because you want to hear something. You see? And then he says, immediately, all the prophets that have gathered, he says, how many of them? That means probably more. He says, about 400. About 400. We always say 400 prophets, but he says, about. That means there could be more, or maybe 399. <laughs> right? 
But he says, and they said, go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Immediately. Do you see? Immediately they prophesy, victory. King, victory is yours. Receive it. Take it. Go to Ramon Gilead. Ramon Gilead is yours. You have conquered Ramon Gilead. I see Ramon Gilead being added to the king's palace. I see Ramon, the people of Ramon Gilead. So immediately they prophesy. And then Jehoshaphat said, mm. <laughs> Prophets that do not go and say, let us go and say what the Lord says. Let us go and wait on the Lord. Prophets that do not. So Jehoshaphat looked at the scene. He said, why did this prophet, after the queen has inquired, they would have said, okay, king, we are going to wait on the Lord and hear what the Lord says. But immediately they are giving answers. So the king of Judah said, is there not yet a prophet of the Lord? Besides, besides this, is there not yet a prophet of the Lord that might inquire of him, that may go and wait on the Lord for answer, that will not tell you what you want to hear? He said the people, they heap upon themselves teachers with their itching ears, and they want to hear what they want to hear. And so the prophets will also tell you what you want to hear. So he says, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him. You see, I'm teaching you something. That when you stick to the sound doctrine, you are not like. When you stick to the sound doctrine, you are not among the popular. You are not among the large group. When you stick to sound doctrine, you are not invited amongst the many. So, usually the sound doctrine is not chosen by a large group of people. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? People who want to hear the sound doctrine is not a large crowd. He says, I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Kings should not talk like that. Then the king of Israel called on an officer and said, Hasten, Hitha, hasten Micaiah, the son of Imla. That means go and bring Micaiah quickly. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne. They were waiting in their throne. Having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. So the, the two kings, they're sitting in their thrones with their mighty robes. Do you understand? So very royal environment. And the prophets who have been invited, if you want to be invited and, be, and come again all the time when the king is having parties and inviting the prophets, you must prophesy the same thing. So all the prophets were around him and they were all saying the same thing, prophesying before them. Victory belongs to the king of Israel. Victory to the king of Judah. Victory, Ramoth Gilead. King, you are overcoming Ramoth Gilead. 
Oh, the king is the king of kings. The king has overcome. The king is victorious. And they are prophesying. So, and Zedekiah, the son of Shenana, made him horns of iron. You see, because of our itching ears and what we like, we like things. Do you understand? We like to see prophetics. So he made him horns of iron. And he said, that saith the Lord. So he took a horn of iron. So when you see it, you should see that the prophet has risen. He said, that saith the Lord. Shh. And the whole place was quiet. Because once you say, that saith the Lord. Do you understand? That saith the Lord. With this shall thou push the Syrians. He says, with this shall thou push the Syrians. The king of Judah and the king of Israel shall push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. That saith the Lord. (laughs) And all the prophets prophesied the same thing. All the prophets, they join. You see? Because you want to be invited again. You want to be with the mainstream. You want to be with the populace. So it says, all the prophets, all the prophets prophesied so, saying, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. Go, king, and prosper. Go and be victorious. Go and conquer. Go up, all the prophets. The same thing. For the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And all, it says, and the messenger that was going to call Micaiah, listen, and the messenger that was going to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold, now the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. All the prophets are saying the same thing, and they are prophesying good unto the king. We know you. It's like, oh, no, no. We know you. <laughs> we know what you are going to say. But let me tell you, I am warning you that all the prophets that have gathered, about 400 of them, they are all prophesying good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them. And speak that which is good. Do you hear? And speak that which is good. Not that which you hear from the Lord. But speak that which is good. I'm preaching to you about sound doctrine. And sound doctrine, it, you have to endure. It requires endurance. It's not always that which is good. So he says, speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. <laughs> Sound doctrine. It says, as long as the Lord lives, what I hear the Lord saying is what I shall say. It's not what all of them are preaching. I am not going to preach the same message that everyone is preaching. I'm not going to say the same thing that everyone, the thing that will make me popular is not what I'm going to say. What I hear the Lord saying is what I will say. Say, preach the word. That is what we're supposed to say to Micaiah. Micaiah, preach the word. 
So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper. <laughs> he said, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Isn't that what they say? Oh, everyone is saying. But you see, we, we, know, we know sound doctrine. Just that we don't like sound doctrine. We know sound doctrine, but because of our itching ears. Do you understand? You see, you have to, be, you have to also remember that there's a spirit of God in you. There is a spirit of God in us, and we know sound doctrine. And we know what is the voice of God. So look, he says, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hands of the king. And the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? You see, you want to, I know what you want to hear, and I've told you what you should hear. And then look, he said, the next verse, and he said, you want the truth? Here is the truth. I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee that he will prophesy no good concerning me? Did I not tell thee that he will prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting in his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab? Now the king of Israel is Ahab. That's the one we're talking about. He said, This is what I heard. This is what I saw in a vision. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab? that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead. And one said unto this manner, and another said on this manner. And there came forth a spirit. There came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. Do you understand? You see, you must know the sound doctrine. That is why we need to know the scriptures for ourselves. So that if someone is doing anything that is contrary to the scripture, you don't accept it. Because, you see, look at this. He says, and there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And then the Lord said unto him, wherewith? How? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. I will be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. I've given you permission. Since he doesn't want to hear sound doctrine, go. When you decline sound doctrine, I tell you, you appear before prophets. And I'm telling you that the prophets feel strongly, strongly that they are hearing the voice of God. If you do not endure sound doctrine, the prophet will feel strongly that he is hearing the voice of God. 
and he'll prophesy. But it's a lying spirit. Because the Lord knows that you don't like sound doctrine. You don't like the truth about the gospel. So he says, go. And then, now therefore, behold, the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouths of all these thy prophets. And the Lord had spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah, this is a major prophet. He, remember Zedekiah? He's the one that, with an iron horn, that prophesied. He said, but Zedekiah, the son of Shenana, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek. He went and slapped Micaiah and said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto you? <laughs> Amen. He said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me? When did the spirit of the Lord leave me? Which way did he pass to come to you, Micaiah? Which way? Which way? Do you know how many years I've been a prophet? Which way did the spirit of the Lord leave me? Which way did he pass? Show me. To come unto you. And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. That is when you will see that the spirit of the Lord has left you to come to me. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So what I'm trying to teach you is this. The majority, you see, when the sound doctrine, it is not accommodated by the majority. That is why you don't hear the sound doctrine, the truth about the gospel, the truth about rebuke, about what the people are doing and what they are not doing and what they're supposed to do. You don't hear them being preached because it drives the people away. Do you understand? It drives the people away. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. Look at that. Let's finish that. And then we'll conclude. Matthew chapter 7. And verse 13. It says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. Wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Amen. So if you see something that is wide and big and large and so many people, it does not necessarily mean that is the right. Because it says wide is the gate. The most of it is so wide. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. Put your hands together for the Lord and let's bring our service to a close. Stand to your feet.
Oh, Jesus. A word. We thank you, Lord, for sound doctrine. Lord, help us as a church to be instant in season, to preach your word. Help us, oh God, to live righteous life. Help us, oh Lord, to be conscious. Help us to be conscious of judgment, to be conscious of heaven, to be conscious of hell, to be conscious of the coming of Jesus Christ. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. Lord, may we never deviate from the sound doctrine. May we never deviate from the message about salvation. May we never deviate about the message of the gospel, about the good news. Let it be our focus. Let it be our mission as a church. We glorify your name, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, if there's anyone here tonight, you're not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. If there's anyone here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is your prayer, if that is you, lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful. We glorify your name. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.